Well, the drunken clown's still hanging round, but it's plain the laughter's all died down. The tears he tried so hard to hide are flowing. And a blind man with his knife in hand has convinced himself that he understands. I wish him well, Miss Carousel, but I got to be a going. Won't you come and get me when you're sure that you don't need me then? I'll stand outside your window. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by Seeky. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Pennick. And we've got our defensive line draft preview. A lot of fun players. And there's there's one guy who, if he's there at 25, I would have a hard time passing up that we're going to start off talking about. Uh, so we did edge on Tuesday, D-line today, corner on Tuesday, I believe. And we are, we're are we're in it. It's draft month. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, hello. Producer Julian back, hello. How you doing? Um, I'm good. Uh, interior D-line. Underrated need for the Giants. You can say that about a lot of positions on this Giants team. They still do kind of have a lot of holes. Um, And this is probably, I've kind of planted my flag in the ground. This is probably my favorite position to look at in the draft um, every single year. Because I'm finding, you know, the the more years that we're kind of attacking this and the more years that we take pride in our kind of draft prep, interior D-line is a position where, You'll have top-tier guys going round one, and those guys are super, super fun to look at. But you'll still be watching guys that are third, fourth, fifth-round guys that are still, like, good football players, and they turn into good NFL players as well, which that's the whole point of the draft, right, is taking players that will turn into good football players for your team, hopefully for a long time. And I feel like interior D-line is a position the Giants have not taken since we basically started this Talking Giants podcast, but every year there are good guys kind of sprinkled all throughout the draft, and hopefully the Giants can maybe grab one of these guys this year. Yeah, the Giants defensive tackle uh, group has, since we started doing this, has slowly went from like the biggest strength, the deepest part of the team, to now you have Dexter Lawrence, who came out, broke out into a star this year. Good, we're going to have him for a long time. Leonard Williams on an expiring contract. Uh, and, you know, Rakeem Nunez Roches. Like, that's their interior defensive line review, uh, you know, besides guys like Ryder Anderson and DJ Davidson. So, uh, this is a position that needs help. It needs depth. You know, Ashawn Robinson's not here. And again, like, not even just depth. You may need to, you, you, there's a good chance you'll need to starter in a year from now with Leonard yep. Williams. So, uh, fun position to talk about. D line's always fun. First, this episode was brought to you by a few special people. Michael. Jay Burchick, he's a lawyer. I don't know. Aziz Uriet, uh, Uriet. I'm surprised Aziz uh, subscribed after we were saying uh, his brother BJ was a better prospect last week. And he then appreciates it. Norman Robles, Norman, normal Norman. Justin, who are these people? Normal Norman went per, to. He probably, he probably hates. He gets that joke a lot. He probably hates it. Ah, uh, hates it. Normal Norman. Hates the normal jokes. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. You know the deal. You know the drill. Um, also want to give a reminder. If you are watching this video, what I would want, I want you to like and then comment. Comment who your favorite player is that we're talking about right now. And then comment a player that we did not talk about that you like. And there's a chance that you could win a free shirt. It's kind of that simple. Uh, ben Butler won the mock draft video. Congratulations to Ben Butler. I forget what shirt he chose. I think he chose a Day Balls of Steel shirt, classic shirt. Um, and I'm going to choose a winner for the Edge episode pretty soon. And you can see, if you look in the description of this episode on YouTube, there's the timestamps. And on podcast apps, there's the timestamps and the chapters of what guys were talking about when. So if you get lost, you know exactly where we are. Uh, patreon.com slash talk of giants we do a bunch of other fun stuff but wanted to give those reminders too for these draft preview episodes and there's a lot of defensive linemen in this class you know like there's guys that we're not going to talk about that are good like mozzie yeah. smith out of out of michigan um you know this the, the putting together the eight for this one was tough but you know who it wasn't uh tough to put on this one first justin i know my guy my guy i just did a, i just did a, a draft breakdown on him uh the other day and that is Pitt defensive tackle Kalijah Kansi, who's six foot one, two hundred eighty one pounds, 
ran a 4.6740, which was the second fastest 40 time for a defensive tackle. Technically the fastest because the other guy who we're going to talk about is kind of listed as an end, even though he'll play defensive tackle in the NFL. And he put up seven and a half sacks, 14 and a half tackles for a loss. Justin, this guy has amazing get off. His movement skills in general are just unreal. Like his, his foot fire, it, it like is very quick. He really just plays games with defense alignment and he kind of does it all as a pass rusher. Like he may not be the strongest guy in the world. He's undersized at six foot one, 281 pounds. But guess what? I've seen him have better bull rush reps than anybody else on this list. Yep. Than anybody else on this list who can be at 330 pounds or 310 pounds and six foot five. Kalaja Kansi has those those reps better than those guys, and he has a lot better run film than a lot of these guys, too, that are bigger than him. Justin, I think what this guy does is hard to find. And because of his size, he's being like dropped down draft boards by by media, and I don't get it. Because I think this guy is someone who's worthy of a top 10 pick in the draft. Number one in pass rush win rate among all interior defense alignment think he was also number one in all pressures among interior defense alignment this year oh he was he number one justin he had 13 more than second place out of power five schools (laughs) the the difference between that is the difference between second and 16th love that um my main thing with kalijah Kansi. This is the season and this is the time of the year where you overthink everything. You overthink everything about prospects. You overanalyze. Don't overthink it with Kalijah Kansi. Kansi's trump card is better than 95% of the players in this draft. And his trump card is his explosion, his athleticism, his get-off. He uses his athleticism and it flashes better than... Like I said, 95%. Like, it's up there with flashing like Jalen Carter, but he's not being projected like a Jalen Carter player, and rightfully so. Like, because of his size, get it how he's not a top-10 pick, but he's not. I don't think he's a second-round player, and that's where he's kind of, like, projected in, in some in some areas. And I feel like he can add 10 pounds, no? If Kalijah Kansi adds 10 pounds, does that conversation almost go away? possibly well he has short arms like 30 and 5 in it, 5 8 inch arms so, so those are short arms like that word that if there's anything that worries you that worries you more than the height or the weight but again the way he play as a pass rusher like he's got multiple like he works cross chop rip swim spin bull and they all are smooth and work together the way yep. he's able to get like the offensive lineman's feet to stop and then use his hands violently like it's it's nuts now when an offensive lineman can land their punch and get some arms on him, yeah, he's not the best in the world, but he does better than, again, basically every defensive tackle in this class besides Jalen Carter um, or maybe maybe Brzee, you know, uh, with, with, with uh, hands on him. And then in the run game, which where he'll be picked apart, like he consistently gets penetration in their run game, and he was doubled a lot, and I thought he did a pretty damn good job holding ground and fighting through those doubles. Like because of the size, he would give up a little bit of initial movement, but he never got dominated or anything. Like guys like Keanu Benton, you get you double them, you're moving them off the spot. Yeah. Even uh, even Siaki uh, Ika out of Baylor, you double him, you can move him off the spot, and he's not really going to fight through that. He fights through that and makes plays out of it. Really, the only thing, it's like it's like ah, he doesn't have like the size to two gap really well. Well, guess what? You use him to his strengths and don't put him in those situations, which I think he can two gap decently. Like you can do that, and I hate doing this. But I, but you're going to. Yes, I hate I hate doing this, but I am going to. I'm going to pull up a scouting report of an underside uh, an undersized defensive tackle from Pitt. Mm, who's that? Aaron Donald. Oh, right. And this isn't to compare him to Aaron Donald, but like just film wise, and again, I wasn't doing draft stuff when Aaron Donald came out, so I'm not going to sit here and, and compare them. But I just want to go on their scouting reports and read you the negatives. Just the negatives. Because for Aaron Donald, marginal height and frame is nearly maxed out. For Kalijah Kansi, lacks prototypical size. Uh, Aaron Donald, hands are more active than strong. Could play with more pop and power. Overpowered in the run game and ground up by double teams. Gets snared and controlled by bigger, longer blockers. Not a two-gap player. Has some tweener traits, lacks ideal length and bend to play outside. 
can't see. Lacks a prototypical size. Big guards can latch in and end the rush at times if he's not first off the snap. Which, by the way, he's always first off the snap. Lack of length shows up if he can't get to uh, uh, a rush edge. Ducks head into blockers, losing sight of run play development. So that one's not on Donald's. Uh, fails to mirror lateral steps, gets reached and sealed by athletic blockers. Lateral so again, movement? You want to talk about lateral movement? <laughs> Kalijah can't see. <laughs> the only negative I see on him on film, Justin, is that there is times where it's like he needs to tackle it better. Like there's times where tackles slip away from him. Finishing that he plays. Have. You yeah. know, like his stats should be better. Like he should have more tackles for losses. So that's like the only thing. On the that's like the only thing on film that shows up bad besides giving up some ground to the run game. But again, like he fights through those like pretty consistently. Like his like he's just a smooth player at the defensive line group. Yeah. And so I did my evaluation on him on Tuesday, or sorry on Monday. The mock draft video was done before that. Would if you have taken? Col- him? I would have taken him over Zay Flowers. Like he might, he's like kind of my want guy right now. Obviously, we still have I more agree. players to evaluate. He is my want guy for pick twenty-five. Yeah, uh, Kalijah Kansi is my first like really big, realistic draft crush for for the Giants right now. Um, he again, don't overthink it. He is the best football player on the field when he played for Pittsburgh, and I don't know if I can really 100% foolproof say that with a lot of other players that I've looked at so far so far this process and I've looked at mostly all of the wide receivers we've done the positions for talking giants and and stuff like that Kalijah Kansi down in and down out was the best football player on the field played like it the best football player on the field for Pitt and I am not overthinking if he is there for the Giants, as of right now, if he is there for the Giants at 25, like I'm really enticed by it. It'll be really tough to say no. The thing is, is while he is like project, I've people seeing people project him in the second round. To me, there's got, there's got to be one team before pick 25 that takes him. I agree. There has to be. Like, I think he's going to go in the top 15 because it's not about what these draft websites and stuff, right? Like there's going to be some team that picks him in the top 15. Do you think he has any... I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating for a transition to edge, but he has edge versatility, right? Where you want to, there are reps where you would be okay with, you know, telling him, hey, stand up in a two point stance and then go after the tackle here. I mean, Leonard Williams does that from from time to time, and he's not an edge rusher, and I feel like he could even thrive in that when he is asked to do that every once in a while. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him in a stand up stance. I'd put him in, I'd put him down like Leonard Williams does when you want to run some more of those even fronts, and that's kind of the conversation. With Wink Martindale, it's like, ah, Wink likes to run odd front, so where does he fit in there? I don't know, man. Like, Dex is playing nose tackle. I feel solid putting him at three or five, like, every down of the game. Every down of the game. Like, this guy's going to be a game changer. Again, there there could be some worries about size and, you know, dealing with some stuff in the run game. But I guess, well, guess what? He's going to make enough positive plays in the run game where if he's not the best two-gapper in the world, you're going to be happy with him. I agree. Don't overthink it. Um, Cold Stone Stone Creamery scale. Like it, love it, gotta have it. Uh, He is the first gotta have it player for me. Yeah, Uh, so I I am actively rooting for him to be the 25th pick of the the NFL draft. As of now. It's early uh, Yeah, as of now. But like, you know, like between him and Zay Flowers, give me Cansey. Yeah, he's a much better football player. Best player available. Um, All right, let's hit the next guy on the list. And that is Brian Brzee out of Clemson, who is a very interesting prospect. Who, 6'5 and a half, 298 pounds. By the way, doesn't he look kind of like a cartoon character where it's like his upper body is like so like big and thick and his like the legs don't necessarily match it? Um, hell of an athlete was, you know, like I think he was a top rated prospect coming out of high school. Uh, weird career at Clemson. So in September 2021, he tears his ACL. Then he had shoulder injury, uh, shoulder surgery in uh, January. And this is a guy who's uh, 21 years old. And then comes back this season and had a lot of personal stuff in his life. Like 15-year-old sister died at basically in, in September. Like crazy. Then he had a kidney issue that added 45 pounds of water weight to him. And then he got strep throat in the seat. Like just had like the worst of luck of any man on on a college football field this past season but this guy's a good player 
you know, like he's a big athletic defensive tackle who just has natural ability, but he needs to put it together. He needs to put his game together, but his get off is good. Um, you know, like there's a lot of forward lean in it, but like his, so his hand usage is really bad. So you don't see these highlight plays that you would want to see from a guy who has his ability. Um, and then like, I think he can bully more. Like, like he worked the bull rush, push pockets, use your hands. But his first step, his lateral ability, you know, his ability to get in the gap. And then in the run game, Justin, he's just like stronger than everybody. Yeah. Like they can be winning with technique and stuff and he holds up and he's able to fight through those things. Like it looks kind of like at times where it's like it's the the varsity kid who's big and strong who doesn't know how to play football versus the JV guy. Obviously, it's not that drastic. Um, but again, he kind of has bully strength and he he's a disruptive player. Like even on the he's not going to play on the edge in the NFL, but versus uh, Tennessee, he played on the edge. Will Anderson, B.J. Ojolari, a lot of good edge rushers. He had the best film out of any of those guys versus Darnell Wright. Like he beat him clean a few times. And that was this year's tape too, not just 2021. Yeah, that was this year's. And again, his film in 2021 pre ACL. Like I went and watched him against Georgia. Like I thought that was his best. His like that was a much better film than the 2022 uh, film. Oh, it was much better. Um, if you're keeping track at home, sorry I didn't mention this. Kalijah Kanzi, 22 years old, turning 23 in March, so he just turned 22. Um, and then Breezy, well, how, how are we saying Brian's last name? Breezy. Breezy. Brian Breezy's uh, turn. He is 21 right now. He is turning 22 in October, so he is super young for for you uh, age freaks keeping track. Because Joe Shane kind of likes to keep track of that stuff. I feel bad because. I was watching Brzee when I had no Wi-Fi and I was in the car and I was watching the 2022 tape and I'm writing down not fun things because I'm looking at where he's kind of projected um, and I'm looking at where he's going to slot in. And I'm like, what? This guy just this guy's strong and he kind of doesn't do a lot of other things. But you told me the context of all the bad shit that happened to him this year which does matter i mean th- this does matter who who these people what the circumstances around nfl draft prospects whether that be scheme whether that be whatever's going on in your life or you know whether you're working on something you're working through injury all this shit does matter and nfl teams really do get to the bottom of it and that's why it's tough for us to project things like this but I will say, even from just his 2022 tape, Bobby mentioned the Georgia tape, and he did look like a completely different player in 2021. But the 2022 tape, even from this year, he does not lose ground on double teams. You know, there are a lot of guys that are even much bigger than him that do lose ground on double teams. He will hold his ground. He will anchor down. He's very, very strong. Long strides that gain ground. There are no false steps in his game at all. All um, and then even 2021, um, you know, I was you know saw saw some reports where it's like, oh, this guy's explosive. Did not see that in 2022, but in 2021, before his torn ACL, did really look like that explosive athlete, an explosive player, fired off the ball. He was on pace for a true breakout year. I think he played the month of September before he yeah. tore his ACL. So um, he was even you know he was taking it to guys like Cedric Van Pran from Georgia, Bobby, who you even like. He was taking it uh, to guys like that, you know, in that one Georgia game. Um, He showed the ability and flashed as a first-round talent in that 2021 tape, and we know uh, second year off the torn ACL, which will be this upcoming season, the second year off that torn ACL where you have a season where you can kind of just train normally and not rehab, that is a year where you can kind of rebound and really show what you're made of. So if a team wants to take a chance on Breezy, you know, and he he has a chance to show that his 2022 self is not his actual self, uh, then he'll have an opportunity to do that this year. Well, and I also don't want to act like his 2022 film was horrible, right? Like, he was a good player. Like, he, he for Power 5 draftees, he was 6th in win rate, 5th in pressure percentage. Like, the same as guys like Jalen Carter. Like, it was just not, like, top 10, top 15 type film. But again, like, and here's the thing. is his hand usage is really bad and needs to develop, right? He doesn't do anything with his hands. Guess what? We have Andre Patterson here, who is a coach who is, like, a guru with like getting guys to use their hands better. So you have all that, like that ability and stuff. I definitely think he's a, a first round player. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I watched the, I watched the 2022 tape first that sticks in my mind. I don't like guys that don't have a multitude of moves. I'm 
not thinking uh, he could be. I'm not good at grading guys like you, so I don't want to say he. Um, he affirmatively, he's not a first round player. But for me, he he's not an option for the Giants currently in, in in my brain. I'll watch him more if they take him, and I'll watch that 2021 tape, and I'll probably fall in love. But right now, I'm not there. The only thing that would would slow me down from, and again, I now with he, he I don't love him like Cansey, so I can see there being got other guys on the board there that I would want more than him. Um, the, but the only thing that would stop me from being like, is this guy worth a first round pick? And not just talking about the Giants, but any team in the end of the first round is fear of re injury of like, is this guy is this guy injury yeah. prone and and medicals? You know, he had he that struggled with the with the shoulder injury too towards the end of the twenty twenty two season. He played in the conference championship game and he played in the bowl game, played week thirteen. But he was he did miss games sporadically throughout the 2022 season. I know he had that shoulder injury he was kind of working through. Yeah, that, so like in, injury is the thing that worries me because I think this guy is a ball of clay that is worth working on. Again, like hand usage is hand usage is like the number one thing for defensive linemen that can be fixed. Like that's something that's like you know if you have a good D line coach like coming in let me coach your hands up. But the the athleticism, the lateral ability. The strength that he has, you can't teach that type of stuff. And I think that is all worthy of a of a first round pick in, in Brazil. Word up, Bobby. You want to talk about something? Mm, no. You want no? to talk about something? I'll talk about something. Are you gonna interrupt me? No, because I accidentally closed mine mine out. I have to pull back so the baseball season is in full swing. Get it? Because you swing a bat in baseball and whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action right now new customers can place a $5 pregame moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins plus everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings same game parlays combine multiple bets in a single game for a shot at an even bigger Payout, what um, John Boy has been doing and Joe's McFly, they've been like basically just cashing out in like in games. So whenever like the Royals get a runner on base, but they're not favored to win, they'll like put money on the Royals. And if they get a runner to third, they'll like cash out and they'll make like 50 cents. And it's like an absurd thing, but they literally will make. If you do it really strategically and tediously, you can make like $5 in a game, but just do that every night. So if you are really committed to making small amounts of money and doing small little cash outs, join John Boy and Joe's McFly in doing that. Yeah, which so is if you guys absurd. are extremely locked into making $5 a night, that sounds fun. <laughs> but if you make $5 a night, 162 nights of the year, I mean, Julian, you're good at math. What's 162 times five? Not a livable wage. Yeah, it's nine hundred dollars. It's five dollars a day. That's fantastic. That's a fantastic little payout. But if these people just have bigger bets, then the payout, the cash outs will be bigger. And you can, no, that's, that's too, the thing about. Too risky, and I don't know if we risky. can keep this in. If think about gambling, the more you bet, the more you win. Well, you know that's risky. We don't live in the life of risk. So join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign in with the code WORLD. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code WORLD. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. I have tough with that. I have a tough time with that word. See show notes for details. Details or details? What do you say? I say Keanu Benton. Mm, that's what I say, too. Defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. This was a guy we watched. This was one of the first guys I watched of draft season out of Wisconsin. Senior bowl guy. Who, yeah, senior bowl guy. Six foot four, 309 pounds. Um, and even though he's a senior bowl guy, he's only 22 years old. No, he's 21 uh, turning 22 in July. Yeah, turning 22 in July. Excuse me. I have that written down right there. 22 in July. And he took a top – He or at least he's set to take a top 30 visit – with the New York Giants. So this is obviously somebody that's on their radar. Hell yeah. Justin, he was he was a nose tackle mostly for Wisconsin who lined up a three-tick uh, three a good bit. I think that's where his home is at in the NFL is three-tick at least to start. And he's just a good overall athlete. And he has quick, quick wins. Like that. that is the name of the game for Keanu Ben. Like good get off 
and then quick hands to have like some of the best just individual reps uh in this class for defensive tackle like he yep. can make he can make offensive linemen uh look silly with that quick first step and those fast fir- first uh those fast hands but my critique of him is a little boomer bust where it's like if he doesn't get that quick initial win he yep. doesn't really have like the play strength or the ability to like hand, the hand fight to recover on those reps um but again there's a he has a lot of production doing that stuff and that shows up in the run game too it's the same thing in the run game that's like hey he had 10 tackles for a loss this past year which is a which is a lot for a defensive tackle in college um you know so his best like in this and best stuff in the run game was like basically getting in the gap staying square and just turning the offensive line shoulders like kind of benching them off of him you know from the side um but He's not going to win in the run consistently. Like, offensive linemen, once they get connected on him, have very little issues finishing blocks. Um, and then double teams, they move him way too easily. And he, like, and just even single blocks, like good leverage blocks, just kind of eliminate him. So he has, like, athleticism. He has flash plays. He has some, I think he needs to get some more strength, but he's not, like, weak or anything. But there is flaws to his game. That's why I view him as, like, a, top of the third round player really top of the third I, I was thinking maybe even second round he would be an option um but i would i guess i would tend to agree with you again i don't like grading players like that you 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 take a lot more pride in how you grade players and and where they're supposed to be drafted or where you would draft them um keanu benton senior bowl guy um already has like the interior defensive line frame that you're kind of looking for uh, I think he has the frame that particularly Joe Shane and Wink Martindale are looking for. Like we're talking about Kalaja Kansi and like, you know, that kind of dream and that ball and that kind of home run type of player. I, I just don't know if Joe Shane and Wink Martindale would go for that kind of player, especially when you talk about if you want to slide him in in the interior defensive line. I think they like a little bit of beef on their boys, but I don't know if they like too much beef on their boys. And I think Keanu Benton is kind of like that, that perfect little combination of having the beef on, but also he's a little bit of quick and he has some athleticism with him too. And I think really why, you know, we're, we're talking about how he has quick hands and he uses his hands, at least at the point of attack. Well, he has grown man strength, but I divide it between his upper body strength and his lower body strength. I think grown man strength is there with his upper body. And I think that's where you see the quick hands and the effective hands um, come into play. But I want him to use his lower half more um, or develop his lower half. I don't know if that is something that is developed in the NFL, Bobby. I mean, he is also 21 years old, turning 22 in July, like we said. Um, I think he can win so much more efficiently and effectively if he generated power from his lower half more because his hands and his upper body is there and he wins effectively when he's able to use that effectively. Um, you know, not using his legs can also lead to some balance issue on, issues on some plays. He is a love it player for me, but he does need to try and unlock how he can use his legs more. Yeah, and I mean, defensive tackle, Justin, is a position that we consistently see is like sometimes for a lot of guys it like year three is the pop-off year right yeah. and for dex it was year four so like guys that come after out after being a junior or younger that could be there you know and i think this guy's gonna get on go on to the eagles because he reminds me a little bit of hargrave javon hargrave right where hargrave to start his career he had 10 and a half sacks through through three seasons tackles for loss he had you know a 15 so not bad but like qb hits were all in the single digits and he was starting games for them uh in those years and then like kind of popped off and then this past year was obviously his best year i think he's going to be one of those like we said he's a guy who can have those quick initial wins and those will get him by but he needs to like you said get that lower body strength to be more consistent on a down in down out basis yeah to where you're not a boomer bust player where, yeah. like, again, we're not asking this guy to be Dalvin Tomlinson at the nose tackle spot where he's just, like, you know, just grown man and these, you know, guys all game long. But you need to have some functional strength to where you're not a negative in the run game. And I think Keanu Benton early in the NFL will be a negative in the run game. Yeah, but he and he could be somewhat of a plus in the pass game early. He had 11 QB hits this year, which was fourth amongst interior defensive linemen this year, at least the draft-eligible players. Um, he split his time almost evenly between the A, a gap and the B gap. He had 698 snaps in the A gap, and the B gap, he had 612 snaps over the course of 
his Wisconsin career. Um, Bobby, I know you mentioned that he could be a nose tackle in the NFL, but I also think he can, you know, he can kind of. I think his home is three tech. He played mostly nose at Wisconsin. Yeah, so he can easily fill the same role in the NFL. Um, So Keanu Benton, he is a love it player for me. Um, He he was the best interior defense alignment at the at the senior bowl too. Like he flashed the most. And I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed with most of the, actually, no, that's a lie. Um, at a borrowing was the, was the best, uh, interior defense alignment at the senior bowl. So Benton was the second best. He, he, he had the most flash plays. Okay. I actually think, I I think Benton's better than, uh, who we'll talk, who we'll talk about next. But yeah, like you said, he had the second amount of QB hits in this class. Uh, for defensive tackles with 11, fifth highest pressure percentage. Like he's, he is a guy who's going to generate havoc in the in the backfield for an offense. I think he had a bunch of run stops too. Yeah. Um, you know, he's not consistent. Like I said, he's going to have wins in the run, but he needs to be better taking on blocks and especially double teams because double teams will just flat out move him off the spot. Um, Wait, who did you who did you say? Who did I say? And who did you say? I I have the memory of a goldfish. I think at a barre. Is did I say Benton had a better senior bowl than a better? Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah? You said you corrected yourself and said Adabare had a better one. Okay, Adabare had a better senior bowl than Benton, and I also think Adabare is a better player than Keanu Benton. And do you disagree with any of those statements? Let's talk about it. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about it. Uh, Aditamiwa Adabare. Yes, I think I got that right. The defensive tackle out of Northwestern. Who is small, like like can't like Cansey, but he has thirty three and seven eighths inch arms, so he does have long arms, even though he's six foot two and only two hundred eighty two pounds. This guy is a freak of an athlete, a freak. Ran a four four nine forty, a thirty seven and a half inch vertical jump, twenty seven bench press reps, uh, had five sacks and nine tackles uh, for a loss this past year. Now he played mostly end for Northwestern. Like he played sixty five percent at end, and you know, obviously in a three point stance, but he didn't he didn't play defensive tackle for the mo- most part for for Northwestern. This guy is an amazing, amazing athlete and has great flexibility. That's going to turn into wins with him. Um, but I think he has he he's a a projection because I think he has a lot of room to grow. Like he needs to add functional strength to start at the next level. Uh, oh he, no comes off the snap fast but i think he can get off faster um and i think his footwork is kind of bad and stops and, and can get a little sloppy yeah uh at a tommy what a bar 22 years old now just turned 22 he's turning 23 in the month of march i mentioned that he crushed it at the senior bowl he was one of the best players there for a player with some questions on playing like a tweener i think he really dominated at the point of attack in mobile and i think he dominates at the point of attack Long arms with the lead explosion off the line, engages with good pad level, um, really takes advantage of going up against tight ends, which is a thing in the NFL. A lot of people kind of want to discard those reps where you're, okay, you're going up against... Okay, but do you against... think he's going to play on the end in the NFL? Because um, then he's never going to go against tight ends. True. No, because he was lined up exclusively at interior defensive line and mobile. And, and I here's think NFL, the thing is, uh, Justin, teams... I saw him get dominated by tight ends at Ohio State. And the other game I watched of him, like he got like if they if they if there's any block that has a good angle to it, I saw him get washed by tight ends. Yeah, tight ends. And I think he just struggles to get his feet and his hands working together to disengage in the run. I think he's got bad play recognition. Like he is a project to me. Yeah, like, I, I mean he I, definitely does need to use his hands better. So I agree with you there. He plays high and has trouble finishing some plays. So that's where you know I think we're in terms of play recognition. If you're playing high and your eyes kind of aren't, you're not balancing your eyes being in the backfield, but also shedding the block. You don't want to play the block. You want to play the play, right? Um, 25% missed tackle rate. Um, yeah, don't play the block. Get rid of the block. That's the kind of that's the kind of note note that I have on him. So, um, let's he's got, I mean, he's got bad play recognition. Now, again, he is a hell of an athlete, and his athleticism made plays for him. Like we're going to talk about another guy who had a great combine. Yeah, it's like. Show me something on tape, and he doesn't do it. Now, uh, Aribara does does do that. He shows you stuff that will make uh, you want to bet on him, you know. And he had the fastest forty ever recorded by someone who weighed over two hundred eighty pounds, you know, at a four four nine. So again, he does have quick initial wins and uh, and and can work his hands quickly. And but I think he's he's got to get a lot better, obviously. But again, we 
I worry about him. Like, any, when I see you getting washed up by tight ends, I worry about you. And with Cansey, like Cansey, who's similar size, uh, shorter arms, but similar size, it's like, okay, the question is, how will all this stuff that he does great translate the next level? With Adibare, it's like, can he get better at this stuff at the next level? Which is, again, this guy is an athlete, and he shows you enough to be willing to bet on him. Yeah. But I'm nowhere nearly as high on him as other people. What's the grade you got him? Third rounder. Third round. Yeah, that's, I, I get, that's lower than if, some of the consensus. You, so if you take him in the second round, it's a bet, and you can pop off and win that big time. But it's a it's a gamble. Like it's a, it's a it's a gamble. Yeah. Like this athleticism does not always translate into being a great player. Yeah. Or even a good player in the NFL. The Giants like their athletes, but also I think that they have their types for interior D line, and I think you gotta you may have to be floating, you know, two ninety more, three hundred. You gotta be a little bit beefy, but be an athletic beefy. And I don't know if Adabare fits that, but he's still a fun player and I still really wanted to talk about him. And he I mean he played end in the in college, you know. So yeah. what do you got, Julian? This guy is completely off my draft board because I will misspell his name about a hundred times on draft. It's true. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That is yeah. going to be tough. I'm R- writing his we name in a hurry. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't draft him just so it's like we don't have to like keep on saying his name over and over again. So I'm good though. I got it. Eddie Tommy Wadabare. I can. I'm good. Yeah. Let's so see if you Wandale, remember how to do it exactly in two weeks. Wandale was hard enough for me last year, and that's an easy. Wandale, one. that's easy. You just remember the comma. Yeah, come on now. Or the apostrophe, not comma. Um, so again, this is this is a guy I think that is worth betting on. I don't, I don't, I don't want that to come off like, hey, I don't think this guy's worth a bet on. But a lot, a lot, a lot has to improve. Like, like he's he's clearly after the three guys we talked about uh, before, and can't see Brzee uh, and Ben. Okay, so you do have Benton higher than him. Okay. Yeah, not by yeah. a ton. Um, but like I, I see Benton translating into a good player and getting becoming a better player. It's going to take a little time. Adibare, he's going to have to just turn into a different player than what he was in college. That's fair. Yeah. And again, he doesn't even he didn't even play defense. Like unless you want to play, unless you believe he can play on the end, right? Like, do we think he can play on the end? Because I don't like he really no, struck, I mean, like, like if, when he has length on him, and guys land his stuff. And again, he doesn't have like the same like foot fire. And hands that Cansey has, where guys get their hands on him pretty easily, and the rep's done. Yeah, I I think if there was any chance that he would play in the end, I think that he. I don't think he really did. I watched every one v one rep, and I you no, know he was only there. in the inside. At the he was ball. only interior. Like it, like in my brain, it's so weird with Adabare, where I watched him down at the Senior Bowl, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's at least two ninety, maybe three hundred, because. You know, I, I think he had 99, so if you have a higher number, I automatically think that you're 15 pounds heavier than you actually are. Um, so I'm thinking, like, okay, he's your typical interior defensive line, little bit of a beefy boy, right, with with good pop and good athleticism. But then I actually, you know, you know, go go to the scouting report, and he's 282 pounds, and that, that kind of shocked me, and I saw how much of a tweener he actually is. So he did not take any edge reps at Mobile, so I think his home um, is interior defensive well, and, line, and at he's least for right dump- now. He's going to dominate one-on-one reps. Like I said, his athleticism, he the, did. his flexibility is going to allow him to dominate those reps. But guess what? In football, one-on-ones are not realistic, and especially Correct. on the interior. Like they can, they're a little more realistic out on the edge. On the interior, they are totally unrealistic. Right. Like one of one of the more more unreal. The only thing more unrealistic is like one-on-one drills, and even that might be, you know, you know, more realistic wide receiver. At least, at least you're going to get some one-on-one man stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but in, in NFL, they're going to be sliding towards you. Like you got to be, you got to be able to push. You got to be able to push that pocket. Yeah. All right, Bobby, let's get a move on. All right. Next guy on this list. And I don't really love talking about guys that we don't, don't like, or I don't like, but I feel like we had to talk about him and it's Gervin Dexter, the defensive tackle out of Florida, who, to me, he's a workout warrior. Six foot six, three hundred ten pounds. Ran a four eight eight forty, thirty one inch vertical, seven five three cone drill. Like, but his film is really bad. Like for a guy who hit, has his athleticism, I've never seen someone slower off the snap than him. Like him, him getting off the ball is one of the slowest processes I've ever seen. He just shows no urgency out there. 
to where it's like you don't know him personally and I, i'm not i would never say this about someone i don't have like sources or stuff but it's like are you lazy because the way you play looks like it like he's very slow and, and shows no urgency but he does have natural strength but anytime someone works technique on him he loses um and he can get a good like hand stab and but he doesn't work his hands so he'll have a good rep here and there moving forward as i think as a pass rusher but not consistently and then like here's the one like really good thing about him is like in single blocks he's not going to give up ground but even then he's not winning those reps because his feet don't really move like he doesn't and he doesn't shed blocks like very often in the run even though he does have a high tackle number uh what he have last year 55 tackles like i don't i don't think he sheds blocks nearly as well as that number would let you to believe like maybe i watched the two worst games of film what did you watch um tennessee and georgia i watched the kentucky game and kentucky kentucky it was kentucky he had a good game against kentucky he had an interception i i thought there there were plays that he made I don't think there was transferable plays where it's like, okay, this works at the next level. Yeah, and again, I mean, he, again he's you, so you slow off the snap. He's going to win the point of attack. He's going to lose the point of attack every single play. Yeah, I yeah, one hundred percent. Because if you, I mean, that's it's the Evan Neal effect. If if you don't get off the ball, then what are you going to do? And I and so my my first note is he's explosive and strong, but not fast off the ball. Like he's an explosive athlete where he can, ex, you know, he. He explodes into guys when he actually decides to get off the ball after you can read a book and get a colonoscopy after the ball snapped. I put an emphasis on strong because you have to be strong in order to be so bad technically and slow off the ball, but still be good. Like, that's how you know that he is strong as heck. Um, He has an NFL frame and size that's already ready to go. He can take linemen for a ride the way he turns his feet. And again, that impresses me so much that he can take some yeah, some Kentucky. some lineman for a ride when he turns his feet because of how slow he is off the ball. Um, and, and, and again, I'm the way that I'm talking about him, Bobby, and this is the way that I talk about prospects, I'm talking about him like he's projected this guy's, what, projected to be a, a fifth-round pick, a fourth-round pick? Dexter? I see people projecting him in the second round. Well, that's that's a very that's a very different story. That's a very, very different story. I, I'm I'm viewing this guy as a day three pick. Um, and this is and the the athlete is worthy to take a chance on when you when you get to that point. So he so here yeah, so here's my guy, overall yeah. here's my overall thought, right? Because we're talking about how Dexter has the strength. Um, you know, he has the pop, he's a good athlete, uh, he's big, he has the size that's ready to go, right? They had a top thirty visit with him. I'm a fly on the wall during the Giants' top 30 visit with Dexter. He is a hard worker. His coaches in Florida vouch for him, and I trust that he's committed at getting better at the technical side of the game. He is a player that I'm attracted to, but if I am not getting the sense that he's going to work hard, if I'm not getting the sense that he's going to get better, and if I am getting the sense that he is lazy, then no way, Jose, this is not. This is a guy that's not draftable. Yeah, it's just... I've. Never seen someone so slow off the snap. He's very slow. I don't For know what guy. it is. And he has athletic. <laughs> he's at, like, look at his testing numbers. He has athleticism. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull up. Brugler's a guy I trust most. I'm going to pull up his his big board to see where he has him on there. He's pain, he's painfully slow off the ball, and it it takes away play. Like he will make some tackles down the field, or he misses tackles, or he whiffs on some plays. And it's like, dude, if you just get out of your stance when you're supposed to. You can make this play. You can make this tackle for loss. He's excruciatingly slow off the ball. But again, investing in athletic traits is something that like, I am attracted to, and I know the Giants are attracted to, which is yeah. why they hosted him for a top 30 visit. Yeah, he's a, he's a, you could work with him. Like, there's, there's stuff there. It's like, it's not, he's not a guy where it's like, ah, this guy has no chance of, of being a player in the NFL. But it's like, I don't know if I'm projecting that with him. Like, and again, he'll have a good, like some good reps here or there when he can get some space and moving forward, you know. But if you're playing in the NFL, I'm jump setting him every single play because I'm getting my hands. I'm I'm winning that battle, and he doesn't have like the the hand fight or anything like that to to counter and make me pay for jump setting him. Let's see. I'm I'm gonna go through Dane Brugler. See, D- Dane Brugler has him as number fifty four on his big board. 
has him over Keanu Benton. That's someone we trust. Yeah, and I just don't. But we disagree. I don't see it. Let me see what to see. Let's see if I can. Does he have a right? I disagree with him being that high. Again, unless you can magically convince me that he is, he's going to be in the NFL and he's going to magically be a hard worker and he's going to play balls to the wall, which he does not do right now. What's up with Florida producing a bunch of people that I'm reading what I'm reading what so a four eight eight second forty and a thirty one inch vertical three inch towns are impressive, but Dexter needs to improve getting out of his stance and exploding upfield to maximize his athletic ability. So again, I guess he agrees, it's just some people see him getting out of it. His raw strength, which he does have strength, gets him out of trouble when guards and centers get their hands on him. But that may not be enough to produce at, in the NFL. Which I fear. When he plays yeah, I, I agree with what he's saying, but I don't agree with fifty four. But he is young. I mean, how old? He's he's twenty. He'll be twenty two in October, so he's young. Yep. So there there's something there to work with. But like with with Adibara, there's a lot there to work with, and you see that athleticism make plays for him and be like be be a good player. Uh, be a good player. Like it's not. But Dexter at has level. longer arms. Um, how long are his arms? He's six six, three hundred and ten pounds. So he's thirty pounds heavier than Adebayo. He's just and kind of a well. He's a whole different player who he, than he is, right? Um, but that's why Dexter would be higher than Adebayo because just the natural traits is what NFL teams are attracted to, and there are coaches that will look at Dexter and say, "I can fix you," because he's so raw. Like Dexter is so so raw because he doesn't do anything football technically, so he is nothing. So coaches probably may look at him and say, you're so athletically raw and talented that I want to work with you. I guess so. Um, I know, I know, I know so. We'll see. It's kind of bizarre, but I mean, coaches have the ego of like, I know I can, I know I could fix you. We've seen it. And it usually happens with guys from Florida. The next guy on this list is a guy I like. Siaka. Actually, no, let me read an ad. Oh, yeah, please. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. So I'm going to be up there during the first round of the NBA and NHL playoffs. Sure. I kind of got to get to a, a, a... I want to go to a Devils playoff game. The Nets, even though they're in the playoffs, they're the sixth seed. They're playing the team I hate the most in the 76ers, and anybody can beat that soft-ass team. So I, my expectation is to win. Wow. I'm just so I'm still devastated by this whole thing not working out as much as I like Mikael Bridges. The Devils, I'm like I'm all in, and I'm more casual of a hockey fan. Like I don't really, I don't know puck, so I can just be like a rabid fan and be like, hey, we're the best team in the NHL. Like there's nothing you can say to me to make me change my opinion because I don't know puck. I just love the New Jersey Devils, so I'm, I'm going to have to get to that. And playoff hockey is so much better than playoff basketball, uh, especially in the first round. They always want to make sure you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for green dots, baby, dots, dots. Green means good, red means bad. We're going to have red dots on the Rangers' helmets, if you know what I mean. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the, click the link in the description to download the app. All right, next guy. Siaki Ika out of Baylor. This guy's a true nose tackle. Six foot three, 335 pounds. Um, he is a run-stuffing nose tackle who's basically limited to that role. And while he's not athletic, at that size, he does have good movement skills for what his size loss, size is. Like he fires off with good leverage. He has active, strong hands, um, good footwork that allows him to like shed single blocks. And like he's a good two gapper. Like he's really good at hey getting hands on guys, read shed, and it's kind of what you ask out of a nose tackle, Justin. Um, the things that will stop him from being successful, like his athletic ability, will stop him from making tackles, even if they're running, you know, by him. He doesn't have that athletic ability and he's not really going to have he'll he'll have some good pass rush reps but he's never going to really affect the passer 
um, because he's at the end of the day, he's a two-down player. I, I tweeted this out, and I think it's true, but it's a positive. He's the and good version of Danny. He's a good version of Danny Shelton. Danny Shelton before he came to the Giants, like which was a good player in the NFL. Um, I think that's what Ika's going to be. It's just it's going to be a limited role, different type player, which will stop him from being drafted super high. But I think he is. I think he's a round three type player. What's your grade? Round, third round. Third, or you said third round, idiot. Um. Any concerns about his weight? That's something that I think about now. You know, I mean, he's not the, like three hundred seventy pounds. Like he's three, he's three thirty five, like which is kind of which is kind of strange because a lot of uh, sites had him listed at like three fifty before the season. So I wonder if he like lost weight, like for like the pre draft process. It. Like someone that size can lose fifteen pounds in the month before the combine. He looks heavier than three thirty five on film. Yeah, he probably lost probably like fifteen to twenty pounds for the combine. Which I mean that playing at such a big weight is a concern. Number one, not just for. Um, yeah, but if you're you know, playing nose tackle, like you can, you can deal with it. Yeah, no, but even just being healthy long term too. I mean, it, it's it's things you got to think about. And it's things that I it's things that I uh, I think about. But yeah, I I agree with the the Danny Shelton comp nose tackle, lower body strength, uh, the whole the whole nine yards. Um, next guy on this list, Jacqueline Roy, the defensive tackle at LSU. He's basically like, to me, he's like the exact opposite of Gervin Dexter. Horrible tester at six foot three, three hundred five pounds. He had an eight oh one three cone drill, uh, a five oh oh shuttle. Like horrible speed testing. Like the the uh, the worst three cone drill for defensive tackles. The second worst for the short shuttle. Now he did have thirty bench press reps, and it translates into his game. Like which was the second most for defensive linemen. Uh, he is a run player. Uh, you know he. For that testing, he does get off the snap pretty well. Like, he's kind of win some, lose some getting off the snap. But he can move laterally fairly well for the defensive tackle spot. And his punch is strong. Like, he, that bench press translates with him. He straight up yes. benches players off of him. Um, you know, and I would like to see him develop more hand usage within that. But, like, he kind of has that ability to, hey, I'm playing my gap and I'm playing it strong. Or being a two, like, two gapping. Like, he two gaps really well. And he's just got, like, a great eyes and IQ for that position to like know where they're going. So I was like, hey, I'm playing this, you know, to to do the two gap role, which is playing, you know, two gaps. It's in the name. Um mm, so name. He, and again, he, he, for me, Roy, he has to become a more consistent player. Like that's the thing. It's like yeah. there's 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 like plays where it's like, man, this is awesome the way he's able to do this, but there's there's not the consistency that you want out of him. And I think he was more if he was more consistent, he would be you know, projected to go higher in the draft because then he would be more of a playmaker. So I think it's fair to call him a jack of all trades, but master of none, correct? Yeah, but I think he's going to turn into a good defensive tackle. Correct, which is why I love interior defensive linemen and I love looking at interior defensive linemen in the NFL draft specifically because you can get a guy that's kind of drafted, that's kind of projected to go middle of the draft or even drafted in the middle of the draft, and you can still look at a guy and be like, this guy's going to be a good football player. Like Byron Young is a guy from Alabama who, despite not really doing anything flashy, I still think that he's going to be a good NFL player. Like Fedarian Mathis last year, you know, another guy that was taken out of Alabama, interior defense alignment. You know, hey, you don't really do anything flashy, but I still think you're going to be a good NFL player. You're going to be around for a long time. So it's a, he's a Roy is a high-energy dude, um, high-energy, high-aggression, but under-control player um he's 22 he's turning 23 in the month of october he tosses dudes to the side so this is the whole 30 bench press you know point that you had tosses due to the side the swipe and the way he's able to toss dudes to the side is so powerful and grown men shouldn't be able to grow throw other grown men around like that that's where the 30 bench press reps really show up he goes in with the plan kind of a little bit of a plan of what he wants to do before the play, but he's also able to counter if the first move doesn't work at the point of attack. And he also played a lot of snaps this year for LSU, despite being over 300 pounds. So I think it's fine to say he doesn't necessarily have a knack to make play. Like, he's a playmaker, he's not a playmaker. I've seen a lot of people throw that around as a negative. I think that's fine, because I still think Roy is kind of a lock to be just a solid NFL player. So I'm right there with you. He's a love it player for me. Yeah, I, I can see him having like an Austin Johnson type career. Now he doesn't have very much p- value as a pass rusher, 
um, despite having some quick hand moves. Yeah. For me, I, I want to see him get more forward lean as a as a rusher and like just have a desire to push the pocket because like, hey man, you're not going to have these quick wins. You're gonna you're gonna need to be a pocket pusher to be on the field yeah. on third down consistently. That's like that's what I want to see out of him. And then again, just more consistent play overall. He plays the run. He plays the pass the same way that he plays the run, which is not ideal. Oh, you can't see it, but Bobby's having a complete sneeze attack. Yeah, I mean, you were you were bopping that head. Bopping. Next bopping. guy on this list, another one of the first guys I watched in this draft process, and that's Zach Pickens' defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Justin, I'm going to say it. I think this guy is one of the more underrated players in this draft. I don't see anyone talking about him. Uh, he's six foot four, a little light, 291 pounds, but he tested really well. Like he was top five in like all defensive tackle testing. Um, he's a lighter defensive tackle who you know aligned at nose and th- three technique, but he's got good athleticism and great fundamentals. Like he plays the position the right way. You're running zone, he knows how to flow and get in that hip and penetrate. You're running gap, he knows how to jump the gap over. Like his lateral ability is beautiful, and again. Like, and you can put him in stunts and he'll set those up. Like, I think he's just a very high IQ player with that athleticism and a frame to add a little more weight. Like, he's six foot four. We're not asking for, you know, Kalijah Kansi to become a 298 pound player. You know, we're, we're asking Zach Pickens, who's six foot four, to add a little more uh, weight to his game. Um, and he works pass rush moves. Like, he could get better a little countering. Um, but again, like, his feet and his hands work together. Um, they, the issues are is like double teams, like a lot of these guys can eliminate him in both the run and the pass. Um, and he doesn't have like that strength that you desire. But I think for a guy who's his athleticism, his size and his production, I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. I agree. Um, Zach Pickens, uh, senior bowl guy. So that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to look at him. And he did well enough at Mobile. I'm not going to say he had a great week at Mobile, but he did well enough where it's like, I want to take another look at you. And I think he's worthy of being talked about on this interior D-line draft preview. He's the only issue is he's the oldest guy out of this list that we're talking about. He's 23 he's years old. 23, turning 24 in March. So he just turned 23. Bobby took the words right out of my mouth. Long arms at over 34 inches. He pairs that with quick hands. He's able to separate from linemen, and effectively break off blocks, blocks. Solid play recognition. Eyes are looking for the ball. He's quick off the snap. Um, eye, feet, and hand connection. So I'm, I'm glad that we had that same note, Bobby. Um, uh, Car- Carl Banks talks about that with offense alignment, and, I, and that's something that stuck with me a couple years ago. So now I'm taking it with defense alignment. Eye, feet, and hand connection will serve him well against the run and the pass. They are in harmony with each other. So, um, again, Pickens is falling into that category of a guy that maybe you can get kind of in the middle of the draft that you kind of can kind of lock in as being a good NFL player and feeling like you can get good value. So, Zach Pickens. Uh, two A's, by the way. Annoying. Annoying no, how you spell C's. his first name. Oh, I, uh, annoying how you spell the first name. Two C's. I'm pretty I sure. spelled it wrong. At least that's how I typed it. Um, nope, it's a, nope. you are correct. Two it C's. is two C's. He's thick with two C's. I was wrong. Mm, He's, he I needs, was wrong. We didn't even get to three C's in his name. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I really do think this guy's one of the more underrated players. That, again, I, don't, I don't see much people talking about him, but he's just like he's been a good player for South Carolina. Um, he plays the position the right way. He's got good eyes. Like he's just a high IQ player. Like which a defensive tackle spot. Sometimes, especially in college, you don't see that. You kind of just see guys doing their own thing, playing the wrong gaps, not jumping gaps when you're they're pulling at you. You know, uh, getting lost. You know, in space and you know fighting all this pass rush stuff. I think he does everything pretty well, and I, that should turn into a solid player in the NFL. So I like Zach Pickens. Uh, Justin, that's a defensive tackle draft preview. Uh, Nick Was Gates just sent me an Instagram message. I can't tell you what it's for, though. I've been messaging Nick Gates on Instagram. Take, we're, cut we're, that we're, out. We're, cut that we're out. boys like that. No, don't cut it out. We're boys like that. That's like, anyways. Um, nope. Nope. I'm, I'm willing to, you're not willing to be like that. I'm willing to be like that. All right. That's an episode. We'll be back on Tuesday. It's a cornerback draft preview on Tuesday, right? Cornerback? I believe so. I've got have, most... Why do I have a feeling it's safety? No, safety safety. I would not put on a Tuesday. I put the more important positions on Tuesdays. Mm, look, that's 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 good brain. It is cornerback, I just checked. Cornerback, you, and Julian. then safety will be on Friday. 
Safety's probably the position I need to do the most work on. Corner. It's like I got to get a couple more guys done, and I'm set. Safety. Giants I met get. with a safety from Penn State. Yeah, local days. Local days don't count. Mm, we'll see you on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. Until then, let's go big blue.